Midwest Flyways Uncensored is brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Check them out at highmountainjerky.com. That's H-I-M-T-N jerky.com. What's up, guys? This is the first episode of the Midwest Flyways Uncensored podcast. We're super excited to have you here. I'm Cal Ness. I'm here with Connor Olstad, Joey Vasallo. Let's get it going. All right, so I think uh, what we want to do with this first podcast is really just help you guys uh, understand a little bit about how we started Midwest Flyways. That's one of the biggest questions we get asked. First of all, we're on YouTube and we're on Instagram, and if you guys are just finding out about us here, what the dude? You got to check us out on the other other locations where we are. So check out our YouTube, watch our cinematics, see Joey teach you how to call if you don't know how to do it, but. I would say that this first podcast is just going to be kind of us explaining how we started and kind of how we knew each other. And we're definitely friends outside of just Midwest Flyways. So we'll. Yeah, yeah. we weren't. We weren't always. <laughs> well, yeah, no, we weren't always. <laughs> me but, and Joey weren't always. Yeah, no, me and Joey weren't always either. Sometimes we hate each other, dude. Yeah. So essentially what happened is Cal moved in across the street from me when I was five six, years old. Five, yeah. You were six. Yep. Young. And so young. We've been brothers ever since. And when we say brothers, it means it's blood, man. It's blood. And we shed blood. Yeah. We, we <laughs> blood punched each shed. other. It's been bad. And then Connor and I have known each other since fourth grade. Yep. You came to a soccer, soccer camp, camp in fourth grade. And I don't remember meeting you at this <laughs> at this <laughs> soccer camp. But then I remember you and I being very, very good friends in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And then sixth we had and a, seventh. And yep. seventh was and then we had a falling out. But one of the things I'll never forget is going on your paper route with you. Yep. In sixth grade in Osseo, what? Minnesota. Yep. Bought ice cream afterwards. <laughs> he goes, hey, man, yeah, we can hang out after school. I just got to do my paper route really quick. He goes, you want to do it with me? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so we. Just, I remember going to the laundromat and shit. Oh, my God. It was, <laughs> so, it was so weird to me. That you had a paper route in six. I grade. had Main Street Osseo. It was like the best route because you get to talk to all the landowners and business owners and all you that. You fight for territory? Uh, I mean, you know, when you're 11, <laughs> you got your paper route. You got you to gotta yeah. own what's yours. For sure, man. So tell our listeners, did you were you on a bike or were you walking it? I walked it. Okay. And that's, that's why old still, school, man. And that's why you're still in such beautiful mm. physical yeah. shape. Yeah. Them legs, bro. You walked it, huh? Old school. Went old school. Yeah. He's trying to win over that Main Street Osseo crowd. Got to hand young out young kids on their bikes these days. Got to hand out that Osseo free section. You know what I mean? Right. So well, then, Connor and I had the falling out, and we hated each other all throughout high school. And it was, it was very vindictive relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, oh, Connor said this about you. Well, I'll put a stink bomb in his backpack. Yep. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> it was super weird, kind of for me though, because I was friends, friends with, with both, both of, of you. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> Connor lived like. Two miles from me, and you lived. You weren't close anymore. No, but not anymore. I would sleep at your house for like four days straight. Yep. But then I would go and hang out. I'd come home and just go hang out with Connor. And Connor's like, "Where you been, man? <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen you in four days." Yeah. Uh, and then Joey, I'd see Joey. It's where were you, dude? Oh, um, I had some things. So he just Cal just left the school, went somewhere else. Yeah. So, so eventually, I had to just leave that school because it just got to be too. <laughs> the relationships were too much to keep up with. 
So, uh, yeah, I left the private school life, went back to the public school, back to the hood. <laughs> the Armstrong hood. Yep. And uh, then that way I kept him at a bay, kept him at distance a little bit. You know, neither of them were able to track my movements so much. <laughs> but then we would still drink together on the weekends later, later on in life. Yeah, later on in life, like a year later. <laughs> like, <laughs> just later on in life, of course, when it was legal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Always legal. Yeah, of course. Write, write that down. Yeah, write that, write that down. Take a note. Take notes. Uh, this is a note-taking podcast, so take notes. So you're going to need a pen and paper because yep. we don't erase anything. No. No, no editing whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so let me just give a little background also on why we're called Midwest Flyways Uncensored because when you're in a goose blind, you every hunter swears. You know, every single hunter swears. I was at Feet Down Waterfall this winter hunting with Joe Hines, Connor Lausch, Trent, Trent Toso, and there was a nine-year-old son next to me in town for a hockey tournament, and I accidentally said shit. And I look over at the dad, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And he goes, oh, he's heard fucking worse. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> he goes, we're in a goose blind. He knows that he's going to hear that stuff. Right. He just knows that he can't repeat it. And it dawned on me, like, oh, my God. That's the beautiful thing about hunting is it's hunting. Yeah, I mean, it totally separates. Well, duck hunting and goose hunting separates. Like, you're, there's no more classes, you know. It doesn't matter if you're rich, man. No. You're still picking dead geese up off the ground, you know. <laughs> you're still you're still shooting birds together. It doesn't matter. And, you know, I think uh, there are some hunting groups that get a little bit, uh, a little bougie with their lifestyles, though. I was going to say hunting in general, but, nah. I mean, you ever seen, like, I mean, pheasant hunting? Well, that's a gentleman's sport, dude. A gentleman's, exactly. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. I play I play polo during the week. <laughs> And I pheasant hunt on the weekends. I only shoot an over-under. Of course. <laughs> and it's $2,800. Of course, Jeffrey. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's silver. It's silver-plated. Oh, punky. It's been yes. inscribed I into. don't know how to add to this. I've got, <laughs> I've got my initials inscribed in it. How many fireplaces do you have in your house? Uh, 29. <laughs> Thank you. Reginald, could you please pull around the car? Thank you. Oh, my. So, anyway... So that's kind of the cool part. What we wanted to do with this podcast was just keep it real. Because whenever we're in a goose blind, everyone's cussing up a storm. Or not cussing up a storm. Whenever you're at duck camp, everyone's telling stories at the end of the night. Everyone's having a couple of drinks. And you're all having a good time. Everyone lets a lets a shit or a bitch fly every once in a while. So Ooh, I know. So racing. So crazy. <laughs> yep. So. That's why we went on censor though, because yeah, we want to be real. We want to be, it's, we want it to feel like you're in a blind with us, you know? Yep. And also on other waterfall podcasts, it's, I feel like it's, how do I say this without being, well, honestly, podcast is, is the medium to do it in because YouTube, you just get penalized. Demonetized. Yeah. And so, it, you know. Not so. like we're surviving off of YouTube. Money, no, no. But, but <laughs> distribution is king. <laughs> so. I don't know. I when I was listening to other waterfall podcasts, I felt like I got a little bored. Felt like everyone was kissing up to certain brands and stuff like that. And it's like, you know what? I think it'd be really cool if someone came out with a podcast where they just spoke their mind, talked about bird hunting, got other bird nerds on the podcast, and they just essentially told hunting stories and had a lot of fun and had a couple beers while doing it. Right. Which I'm on beer number two already. So 
Yeah, Joey's drinking alone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's the only way I'd do it, baby. That's not good. And I'm not an alcoholic. That's a scary that's a scary way to start the podcast. It's okay. It's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. For so. sure. Yeah, I think and well, I wanted to talk a little bit too about why we started Midwest Flyways in the first place. Yes, please. I mean, when I came to Connor about this idea, uh, we just really were like, Hey, we're doing some cool stuff. There's really sweet videos out there. Connor already was working for another company doing like videography in the outdoor industry. Yeah, it was more like a content idea that you brought forward. You're like, hey man, like I went duck hunting for the first time. Show me this awkward picture of him holding a duck. He was like, I love it. It's absolutely fantastic. And I I want to film it. I want to get it out there. I want to, you know, make content around duck hunting. What do you think? And at that point in my career, I had been working on, I had been watching YouTube like, you know, six hours a day. Uh, just trying to come up with something. <laughs> oh my God! Hey, that's that's the eight to five life. When you when you're done with your editing, you got nothing to do. You watch YouTube. But anyway, they, I didn't have the idea. I didn't know what to do uh, or what what niche to make it around. And then when Cal, you know, did this, brought this and put this in front of me, I'm like, yeah, it's a great idea. I think we should do it. But we're gonna do it through YouTube. And and so I said, like, I want to do it through YouTube. Facebook is like we can have a Facebook page, but I don't want to release it on Facebook. And that was a whole nother uh, yeah. conversation. But obviously now Connor got his way because we're super active on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in charge of yeah. hosting. So, so. Because so. I'm oh. such a social media whiz. Hey, you answer the, the Facebook messages pretty pretty freaking we well. We respond if you message us on there. Dude, I, res- I respond. You got a question? Bang. I'm Bing. there, yeah. baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, response time, eight minutes. <laughs> right. Instagram, pretty pretty high high response rate on that too. And YouTube comments, if Mm -hmm. they're not dumb. (laughs) When we say, oh my gosh, this is the most annoying thing. So we'll have a video up of teaching you how to goose call, right? And in the video, I will say three times what goose call I'm using. (laughs) I'm using a Mulkier Rush in this video. And then in the comments, three people will comment, what goose call is that? Yeah, in the description, goose call with a link. Why are you doing this? How? Who has time to comment on YouTube? I've I've commented on three YouTube videos in my entire life because I knew it helped the YouTuber, right? I click like and I comment on it because I know it helps the YouTuber. But these guys are just doing it because they have a legitimate question because they don't have ears, you know? Okay, but you're making it sound like we don't <laughs> enjoy seeing people comment and be like, hey, man, love your stuff. We do. No, we we obviously respond. love that, and that means a lot to us, no, and that's why we're doing this. Lot. But... Yeah, but what Joey's trying to say is, like, just pay more attention. Mm-hmm. I saw on a Facebook post the other day, somebody was like, oh, man, I think it was Joe Heinz was on a Facebook post. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to be at Game Fair this weekend. And then someone commented, and they were like, where's Game Fair? And Joe responded and said, Google. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's so true, though. Their ads have, are everywhere. I saw them on the dude, back of a if bus. If you're on Facebook, on billboards, you should know how to Google. Yeah. Right? Like you should know how to look up something on the internet. If you're trying to figure out where something is, what's faster, waiting for something for someone to respond to it or yeah. go on Google? Yeah. For sure. I love the old guys too when they're like, "Yeah, meet me at the uh meet me at the Old Town Inn in uh St. Cloud." 
And then they're like, so what you do is if you're on 94 and you come in, take a right at the second streetlight and then go 1.2 miles and then go left on County Road 4. Then you're going to see a taco truck. It's like, dude, <laughs> hey, man, I use GPS. Uh, so I GPSed it way long ago before you started talking. So I know where it is. <sighs> Old people on Facebook, that's a whole other People over 45 on Facebook are just ridiculous. But we're not going to go into that right now because I don't have the mental capacity for it. Yeah, for sure. But please continue the story of Midwest Flyways. Yeah. And then when we started it, though, we talked a lot about cinematic videos. But then we sort of got into like, hey, we're starting this in February. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) what that brought up for me was, I mean, nobody, Joey taught me how to hunt. I didn't have anybody like growing up. I didn't have a dad or, you know. I had a dad. Well, you have a dad. <laughs> I had a dad. I didn't have a dad or like an uncle that hunted a lot that like taught me how to waterfall hunt. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like naturally get into it. And I think for a lot of kids, they want to start hunting, but they don't necessarily have somebody showing them the ropes. And it's not like a super easy thing to just be like, well. It's intimidating. It is. Yeah. Because you don't really know exactly how you want to go about it. I mean, do you want to hunt water? Do you want to try and hunt fields? And when you start some of the time too, you don't even know that that's even what the options even are. You know, I mean, when I started, everybody I knew hunted water and like now we hunt a ton of fields. And so for me, it was like, I didn't even, that was like a foreign idea to me to how to even like hunt a field. Like you have to know someone. And so, I mean, we started it and we were like, yeah, let's make content to help people know how to hunt and the things that are involved in hunting. Yep. And then, and so we actually came together in Joey's office um, and created essentially a statement of like, this is why, this is why we do this. This is why we're here. Um, And this is, this is what our goal is to do. And it's, uh, it's come to fruition in, in some respects, you know, a lot of different areas, a lot of people commenting and saying like, Hey, you know, you guys, helped us and helped us learn how to call or whatever. That is like the coolest part though, is I'll get something on my Instagram or my Facebook or my Snapchat and people will say, dude, thank you so much for the videos you put out. You taught me how to duck call or you taught me how to goose call. And that just blows me away because my dad taught me how to duck call way back when. And that's just such a special moment for me in my life between my dad and I, like that's part of our bonding for sure. All the duck goose hunting we did. So I just, I can't imagine not growing up like that. And so to have these kids say that to me, it's just, it's blows me away. Yeah. It's so cool. And honestly, every time we get someone that comments or says something to us or posts something and says, these guys help me or thank you guys so much for helping me. That's why we do it. I mean, that's that's 100% it. It's not for the sponsorship or the money or any of that other stuff that we don't really have a lot of. It's mostly for <laughs> – it's mostly so we can, like, help people that don't know how to start hunting to get into it, you know? Yeah, because and it, it kind of turned into that by accident, too. That's the cool part. Like, we did it to film hunts and make really cool hunts because Connor's so good at videography and editing and photography – and then we didn't have any content because we started in February. Yeah. And so we're like, well, what can we make a video about? And it's like, well, I know how to duck call. Yeah. And that was, that was like my favorite part about it was it just felt like we were doing it because we wanted to do it. We, we've never like done this for anything other than the fact that we want to do it. And that was before you really knew how to goose call. And so we started with duck. I didn't know how to goose call when we 
started and, this. I could cluck and kind of double cluck, but the only reason why I started to goose call was because of Midwest Flyways so right. that I could help other people. So I just scoured YouTube and scoured my contacts. And sadly, most of the contacts that I knew didn't really want to help. Yeah. No, that was the best part about it, 100%. And, you know, from there, it's really evolved. And I can remember, too, like, the first time we had a 1,000 views on a video, like, how crazy we went and how, like, amazing mm -hmm. that was. And we were just mind-blown that, like, well, wow. The first video was 60 seconds uh, or how to uh, Texas rig a decoy in 60 seconds, right? And, and we filmed that in your office, Joe. And then, um, and then we just put it on Reddit and was just like, you know, just let it go, and it got 235 views in the first day. And we were like, whoa. We were like, wow, what's Sweet. going on? 200 views. And we were like blown away. And then 1,000 views, and then it was just like, wow, this is – it was really cool. It's super rewarding, I would say. And that's like – that's what makes it so easy for us to keep doing this. Like no matter what happens, we're in this. I mean, we're not going to stop hunting. We're not going to stop being friends. And, Never. you know, we're all best friends, and, you know, now. And – uh we did that video too. We were, you know, in a wedding together. I just had my wedding a few months ago. Joey and Connor were in it as groomsmen and it's just, yeah. So here's a question for you. Do you, do you guys remember the statement that we came up with when we first? You mean like our, um, our, our why? Our mission. Yeah. Yeah. Mission. Why? Our mission is to, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the exact words, but our mission is to inspire the next generation to get into this traditional sport so the way that we, so we wrote understand it understand that the traditions of the outdoors are greater than ourselves and yeah so yeah yeah we and the word i had was recognize we recognize the traditions of the outdoors are greater than ourselves and we strive to bring those uh traditions to further generations so they might enjoy it how we did or something, something like that, that is like just to that effect but well, we're terrible like how could we have that be our mission statement but none of us have it memorized but I mean, it is 100% what we've been doing, you know, from the beginning. So, and we're not going to stop doing it. Well, and like, we're not doing it to be, to be anything, you know, it's, it's literally to help other people. And that's, and that's what we are getting at is thank you for the support that you guys have given us thus far. And we love you all. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. You guys are fucking awesome. And I love you guys. I'm going to look never, it up. And never feel like you're too scared to come up and say, hey, because I love meeting every single one of you. It's so cool. Yeah, for sure. I Yeah, if you see us, come say hi, say what's up, ask us a question, whatever. More um, than willing to help or just hang. Yeah, so. absolutely. So we got uh, we got game fair coming up. Yep. First day is tomorrow. Yep. I'm so pumped for it, man. Game fair is... If for all of you that don't know Game Fair, we're out of Minnesota. And so Game Fair is one of the biggest waterfowl conventions in the nation, I'm pretty sure. I mean, there's Rogers, there's Easton, there's Stuttgart, Arkansas, there's Max Prairie Wings puts on a thing. But for the Midwest, I'd say Game Fair is one of the biggest ones. And all the biggest vendors come to it, and they have great deals on their stuff. And you get to meet some of your childhood idols like Sean Stahl, Scott Trinan. You know, there's all these just OG duck and goose hunters there just selling their stuff and they just want to talk to you and whatever. Yeah, it's I would so say cool. one a lot of guys I think go to this stuff and then they like are afraid to go and meet these dudes and like introduce themselves and say hey, but don't do that. I mean, go to the shows and and say what's up and I would say too like bring a cool question. You know, like think about something like go watch, you know, a Sean Stahl video and go talk to him and say, "Hey, man, 
you know, I saw this and, you know, what do you think about this? Or, you know, these guys, that's what they're here for. You know, they're here to talk to you and make connections and, and say what's up too. Right. Well, uh, I think it was two years ago now. I didn't realize that Field Hudnall was there. And he's a very accomplished goose caller. He's the owner of Field Proven Calls. And the dude, him and Clay, are just so down to earth. And I just had the funnest time just talking to them about absolutely nothing, just bird hunting, you know. Because they're out of Kentucky, I think, Indiana. I, I don't know. Kentucky, that. Indiana area. And so I've never hunted in that part of the country. And so I just I just asked them, like, how their season was and, you know, how was the hatch where they were at and I don't know. I it like was just the puppies. fun talking to them. I like watching yeah. the dogs. Connor just flocks to dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably my favorite part about Game Fear, though, is uh, all the deals on all the gear. Yeah. Because I think I bought a panel blind from there one time for like $170 when they retail for like, what, 300 280 I don't know how you got that deal, but. Well, it was the last day of Game <laughs> Fair, and they are like, I don't want to bring it back. <laughs> I was like, yep, mine. Yeah, so, I mean, go to the shows, guys, and go and meet people and check people out and say what's up and say what's up to us, say what's up to everybody else that, you know, that you see there that we're hanging out with or whatever. But Joey will be there in his silage shirt. No, it's going to be too hot for the silage shirt. Well, yeah, yeah. At, at any of the shows. <laughs> I would say, you know, the other thing, too, is um, most of the people that, I mean, everyone I've met in the hunting industry, for the most part, is, like, super, like you said, down to earth. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. really cool. Like, you're not going to meet a lot of people that are, like, too good for you or too cool for you or, you know, a lot of people are just normal. I've met a couple, for sure. Yeah, a couple. For sure I've met a couple, but that didn't put a stink in my mouth for the rest of the industry, you know? Yeah, if you go and, and you meet very 10 people young. and two of them aren't that cool, then it's that's kind of just natural odds of life. Yeah, a fifth. Yeah, you're going to meet 20% of people that just suck. Mm-hmm. But that's life, baby. That's life, baby. So, but also a really cool part about Game Fair or pretty much any of these waterfowl conventions is the calling contest. It is so cool to watch how much time people have put in on their duck or goose call to sound amazing. And there's so much controversy over like, oh, a contest caller. You know, I kill my judges. I kill my judges in the field instead. You know, I don't need to call for people. I call for ducks or geese and I... I kill my judges. And that honestly pisses me off a lot because the amount of time that these contest callers put in to their call, yeah, Stupid. maybe a, a hail call for 30 seconds of their routine won't be useful in the field. But the fact that they can do that and they can pull it out of their bag at any time possible, I mean, they just have so much control over their call and they have all these ranges of notes to where if something isn't working in the field that day, they can switch it up and that'll probably work. You never know. Yeah. So why does it hurt to become that good on your duck or goose call? Yeah. It doesn't. Right. At all. So that's the my one of my favorite parts about Game Fair is listening to these unbelievable callers get on stage in front of 100, sometimes 500 people and blow their heart out and win a contest, win a thousand bucks or whatever. It's it's really fun to just watch, much less compete in. So, Yeah. Let me shift to this. I think <clears throat> I want to ask you, Joey, you know, first, and then I'll ask Connor, but in the hunting industry, what's kind of like, and I say, let's say waterfowl, what's like one stigma that a lot of people like think that just isn't necessarily true? Like what is, what is one thing that a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on per se 
you know, like that isn't that big of a deal when it really comes down to it. I know I'm catching you off guard, but like, you know, a lot of dudes like put a lot of like a lot of effort into like, okay. So like a lot of dudes think that, um, you know, like, let's say for instance, like in my mind, right, here's one, like your camouflage, like a lot of dudes would say like your camouflage is like everything like, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, do you wear like the best possible camo, you know, whatever. But I know a lot of dudes that kill way more birds than all these dudes and they wear Carhartt, you know, they don't care. So like, what's like one stigma like that where it's just like, this isn't real. I got one. Shitka. People call Sitka gear Shitka because a jacket's three to $500. And they don't, they can't possibly fathom spending that much money on a jacket. And they think that it's just people being annoying and going with the times because it's a popular item, you know, where if you've ever worn Sitka, it is amazing to the point where I can hunt longer and I can be out in the field longer, which means I'm going to kill more birds. Whereas if I'm wearing something that's not windproof and waterproof, I'm done. I'm going to get so cold and I'm going to say, screw this. I'm going to pick up the decoys. I'm going to get in my truck, go home, drink some hot chocolate. Yeah. So you're saying that it's not so much about the camel pattern. It's more about how good the gear is. Right. If it, if it, uh, if it works, if it performs, if it performs. Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you how many jackets I've had to where, because when is duck and goose hunting the best? Answer me that. Here? Anywhere. What do you, what? In my like experience. No, 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 no. So when is duck and goose hunting the best? When the weather is shitty. Sucks, yeah. So it's snowing most right. times. But I've had some really good hunts in the rain, and then I've had some just, I've gotten skunked in the rain. However, those times in the rain that I do just absolutely slam the birds, you know, I'm thankful that I have something that's waterproof, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because I don't want to get wet. Okay, funny story. Remember that time we went out and it was like perfect, a beautiful day? We filmed it, uh, Laughs and Limits. Okay. Yep. And we were, in, we were in my dad's boat. Oh, God. And uh, on our way back, it turned into like a shit storm. Well, it's because of the, yeah, because of the wind. Because of the wind. wind. And then the but water came like, in the yeah, boat. But it was like, yeah, 40 mile hour winds. And how far is that boat ride? It was a three-mile boat ride. Three-mile boat ride. And we were in a 1648 John boat with a 15-horse motor driving into the wind. And it's it's a flat bottom. (laughs) So every wave we hit, which every wave was a white cap. Every wave. Every wave was a white cap. (laughs) We would literally have... I felt like we were on the Titanic. Oh, yeah. Just waves crashing over the boat. Dude, so much water. And we had to pull over the boat on shore on someone's private property and Bail take a bowl, a porcelain bowl, like a cereal bowl. <laughs> Why did we have a porcelain bowl? I don't know, dude, because I'm dirty, you know? Yeah. Why would I have a bowl? Yeah, you bowl? are for sure. You're like, oh, I'm going to have some cereal on the way to the blind. <laughs> That's, you're the worst. No, but the the funny part about that Just story imagine is the amount Cal of dishes a- Joey's mom went through. <laughs> Just imagine. Imagine. Connor had all of his filming equipment, which was very expensive. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he's like, guys, this is ridiculous. We're going to ruin thousands of dollars of camera equipment that is used for my job outside of Midwest Flyways. We need to figure something out. Cal goes, well, I guess this is a great time to test out the Sitka gear. And he puts on his his jacket. Yep. He puts on his Delta weighted jacket. Over my bag. So the bag bag is semi-water resistant. But then on top of that, Cal 
puts we put the jacket over top to make sure that it doesn't get wet and everything. And then I am sitting on one side of the bag with my Sitka gear on because the waves will crash over, hit me, hopefully miss the bag that's then covered by <laughs> his jacket. And yeah. Connor wasn't wet at all when we got back to the launch. Well, well it, yeah, I was under only the jacket, wearing, yeah. I was only wearing my Kelvin jacket. Yep. Which so is not water. Which is not water. It's water resistant, but it's not waterproof. It's like a Primaloft down style jacket. And I still wasn't wet. <laughs> yep. No, you had one line going down the center of yeah, your that's back. Right. I remember that because you didn't have a hood. Yeah, well, it, like, um, it was, well, because it, it went it went in inside your waders. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It didn't go over top of your waders, and so yep. you just had to seal up right there. <laughs> seal, seal tight. The mold on, I'm a bigger boy. You put them neon waders on. It's a pretty tight seal, baby. <laughs> yep, you can fall in, and uh, it's not like Joey where it fills up like a bucket. You get a little seepage, but other than that, <laughs> yeah. she tight. But anyway, that that is probably my best comparison, or just people shit talking call companies, you know. Because what I found out in duck and goose calls is everyone's different. Everyone presents their air differently. Everyone has a different style of calling, and so there are plenty of. I've never blown a GK, but I was just in Rogers this past summer, and I listened to one guy blow a GK, and I was just blown away by it unbelievable and then of course tim grounds all the tim grounds callers were amazing all the mulk ear callers were amazing you know and so it's just i just think it's so funny how people can just absolutely shit talk a company like that where it's something it's so preferential where it's it's completely dependent on each person's style on how they present their air how they snap their tongue how they tune their call you know, it's just whatever mm-hmm. works for you works for you. Who gives a shit? Yep. Yeah. Here's I think here's one for me, too. Um, I think a lot of guys kind of don't understand how important it is to actually like scout. I mean, just because like a lot of dudes don't spend a lot of time scouting and then they go out and they don't shoot birds and they get frustrated by that, you know, so and that it, has kind of to do with what mine what would be. And that is and this is across all hunting, not just duck hunting, but it's uh, the methods essentially, of how you do something, right? How you set your decoys, how you, what location you put, pick and what spot you pick and all that stuff. Different people have different things that, you know, it's just like, oh, well, I picked this spot because of the wind and the sun, right? And well, it's like, no, I picked this spot because of, you know, it, it quarters off where the birds can approach and whatever. And, and the same with deer hunting. I grew up deer hunting. That's kind of where I started. You know, it's always like, oh, no, you got to be you got to be out there 60 minutes before you can shoot anything and, you know, shut up and don't say anything. Can't drink coffee because they'll smell it, you know, well, that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And and so, I, I like, the methods of how people approach different situations, like, we can make – that's a common video that people come up with is, oh, like, make some kind of a, you know, um, uh, what was the, one of the ones we did with, um, like, a decoy Thing- spread? Things duck hunters say or things. No, no, no. I, I was talking about like when we did a decoy we did a spread decoy, video, decoy placement video, and people yeah. like people were just like, "You never do that," you know, like, "Yeah, you should always do this or that." Yeah, or it's just, just like, really, like, you know, we're we're putting a hypothetical situation out there, like, mm-hmm. you know, what in what world, like, is this is is it ever going to be exactly like this? Never. But it, you know, come on, like, really, right? What's well, in? Uh, I don't know if we put it in a video, but I was scouting a flooded bean field 
And I said to myself, I'm going to mimic whatever I see the birds doing just because I had two weeks of just absolutely horrendous hunting where I'd kill like maybe one to two ducks every time I went out and I was just baffled because the ducks would come and they didn't like something. I didn't know what it was. So I just said to myself, I'm going to make it as realistic as possible. And on this one flooded bean field, there were a hundred honkers around the edge of the pond, zero inside of the pond, and then 40 mallards in a tight clump about 40 yards from the geese. And then from those hundred honkers, there was literally a line going about 50 yards back from the flooded spot of them eating, going towards the pond. And I'm like, no one would ever do this spread, but that's what the ducks are doing. So that's going off of what you mm-hmm. said. I just think it's hilarious how people will say, oh, that, that will never fucking happen. Well, you'll never kill a fucking bird doing that. Mm-hmm. I know everything. The first, I've been doing this for 76 years. The f- the first um, duck hunting I ever did, well, no, sorry, like it was like the second or third, was with my dad. We just we were deer hunting and we saw the ducks going into this little woody hole that we had, right? And so we we're just like, screw it, like let's go, let's just let's try it. I went, <laughs> I went and bought a uh, duck commander duck call. Okay, no clue how to blow it, no clue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I we had three decoys, no paint on them. They literally were just in the shape of a duck. Just a <laughs> milk jug. Yes. Just a milk jug. <laughs> so we throw it out in this little hole and we just, and we sit there. Uh, yeah, we got camo on. It's deer camo. It's not <laughs> duck camo. We sit in the, kind of in the bushes. My dad, you know, kind of leans back or whatever. And then I, <laughs> I blow this duck call. And it blows just a kazoo. Sounds horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we, <laughs> but we heard other like, you know, shooting or whatever going on. And this hole had never been hunted. And we limited out in seven minutes. Jeez. Seven minutes because because everybody else would shoot. All the ducks would flood over and then come into this hole because it was surrounded by private property and marsh that, you know, nobody could hunt. And we limited out in seven minutes. It was the bomb. Fuck yeah. yeah that's <laughs> Went <crazy>. home. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> We debated going, just going up to the deer stands. And that's there. the worst experience for your first hunt because then you think it's supposed to be yeah. easy. You're like, wow, how have I not been duck hunting this whole time? This is stupid. Yep. yep. And they were wood ducks and mallards. Yeah. And so I'm like, man, these are really pretty birds. Like, this is sweet. Like, yeah. Yeah. And duck hunting. Yeah. But then yeah. the whole first month and a half in Minnesota, we just have every duck is so brown <laughs> and just the ugliest thing ever. Yeah. Well, keep in mind, too. So another thing, you know, I think is an interesting point to keep in mind is that a lot of guys see people like, you know, I don't know, us and Sean Stahl or Joe, you know, Joe Heinz or a lot of these guys. And I don't know if I'd put us in the same league as Sean Stahl. But no, no, no. I'm <laughs> saying no, not at all. I'm saying if you watch anything on like YouTube or you watch TV, right, you see amazing hunts. But keep in mind, these dudes had eight bad hunts. To film that one good one. So don't mm-hmm. think that there's anybody out there that's just going out and every time they hunt, they just crush. That's not realistic. It's except not us. real. And like, except us. Yeah, except us, of course. But that's not. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean we we have. There's so many times, you guys, that we have literally dragged camera gear to a spot because we were like, it's gonna kill. And we go and we don't shoot anything. And the birds never came back. Well, guess what? We don't release those videos. There's no. nothing to release. 
Well, we did release the video you're thinking of where you fell in the water. Oh, yeah, but <laughs> we didn't do a cinematic on that, though. Yeah. No, but it still makes me die laughing. Hey, we had to get some piece of content out of it. That's my yeah. goal. When I go out, I'm going to get a piece of content out of something that we do. Yeah. And Even if it's cow falling in the mud. The really cool thing, too, about hunting is that everybody really is at the same, I mean, sort of under the same odds, you know, in the sense that you can prepare as much as you want and you can scout or you can put up, you know, trail cams and you can watch deer. And But that day that you get to go out and hunt, the weather might suck and things might not be good. And, you know, the animals have a mind of their own. They can do whatever they want. I mean, ducks and geese don't have to come to the same spot as yesterday. They don't have to. They could be there for a week and then you can go hunt it and it's a Friday morning and they're gone. They're not there, you know, or a They're deer migratory. can, yeah, a deer can stay. I mean, deer stay in the same area, but one day they just might not decide to come to that spot, you know, and it's just, you're at the same odds. That's the cool thing about hunting that kind of brings us all back to the same level in the sense that, you know, we're working with things that have a mind of their own. There's all these variables that you just can't control. Mm-hmm. What's, yeah. what's one place you guys haven't hunted yet in the country that you want to hunt at? Not out of the country, not Argentina, not, you know, anywhere there, but like. Like if, hey, if where, where do I start? Like, like top one, if you could go to one spot this season that you you know you have to hunt all, all everything in Minnesota except for one spot, where, where would it be? Flooded timber in Arkansas. I have been dying to see mallards trickle through the trees. I got a little taste of it last year here in Minnesota. The Crow River flooded, and there's this little lake that no one really knows about. Some people know about it, but it's not very widespread, and since the water flooded so much, the tree, the big oak trees. We're submerged in water, so it wasn't trespassing. And holy shit, did we just smack them in the trees. Everybody's on Google Maps right now. Okay, look for a lake. Look for a lake. Find the Crow River. Look for a lake. Scan the river. <laughs> and and then I've gone back several times, and it has never been the same since, but we've still killed birds and whatever. But that gave me such a disgusting taste in my mouth for wanting to go to Arkansas. Like, bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll spend a grand to go to Arkansas. Straight up. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas is cool. Um, What about you? It's it's tough. I mean, like, I was going to kind of say, you know, in my mind. Are you cracking your toes? Yeah, I'm cracking my toes. Dude, Joey, I can hear, like, it's it's a solid three feet from the mic, and I can hear that. (laughs) Joey can crack anything. Yeah, crack your neck. Yeah, I'll crack. (laughs) Joey, crack. Oh, oh, crack your neck, fool. Crack your ass, crack. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right, Calvers. No, uh, I mean. I think, I mean, Arkansas is on the top of my list for sure, but one place I really want to experience is Alaska. Why? What, are you, trying, what are you targeting in Alaska? Or are you just going for the landscape? I mean, I love, I, w- I went to Alaska a couple years ago, and it's just like the most mind-blowing landscape and like the coolest area ever. I mean, if you've been to like the mountains and how cool the mountains are, and then you've been to the ocean and how cool the ocean is, just like mix them. You know? Sure. I think, what well, was it? Yeah, To Kill a King. That was in Alaska. That's Yeah, but cool. that's next level. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, like, that's that's not really on my list, but, I mean, you can shoot Harlequin in Alaska. Yeah. And, like, shooting and a Harlequin. die doing it. Yeah. yeah. And, like, shooting a Harlequin in Alaska would be so cool, you know? And we, I mean, I know a couple guys out there, and, like, they, they're fishing guides, you know, but they go and they hunt, and they said it's just insane because there's nobody that's, like, out there. It's so, like, remote. Right. You know that it's not like, you know, we're here, you're lining up at the boat launch. I mean, in Arkansas, too, it's like mayhem. 
You know what I mean? So like, I've seen so many videos on opening day where there's like boats smacking into each other, dogs flying out of the boat. They're literally running on top of each other. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And that's a little. That's in just next level. Insane, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. But, <laughs> but that's what's cool about Alaska. Like these guys I talk to, they're like, yeah, we go shoot harlequin and you know beautiful mallards, but there's no pressure. Like it's not like some yeah. big event. Like it's not. It's so relaxing and cool. And, you know, to be there and you're in the mountains and you're in, you know, you're on, you're near the Kenai or, you know, you're, you're seeing the ocean and then you're shooting Harlequin and it's like chill. Like there's nobody else hunting in that area. For me, a lot of it too is like, I love the like serenity of it. Like I love how like if you're out there and it's five in the morning and there's nobody around and you're just there and it's you and the cattails and the dog and your best friends, that's so cool. And if we could do that and there's not a bunch of people lining up to get in line behind you and try and put their boat in and I saw something sweet. That reminded me about something I saw on Facebook the other day or some social media site that was like the rules of owning a dog. Yeah, Did I saw you guys that. see that? Yeah. yeah. And one of them was like hunt at least once per season with just, just you, you and your dog. dog. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that that post really made me never want my dog to die. <laughs> yeah. You got a once in a lifetimer. From, from what a lot of people would say right now. Yeah, she's kind of a piece of shit at times, but she's my baby. You know, I got her oh, when yeah. I was 20. I was really coming into my own as like a hunter, and I was just really, really figuring it out for myself and then add a child to it yeah. and training her yourself and all that bullshit that comes with the having a dog in the early years. And she was a rescue too. So she, she was beaten before I got her, so... You know, it was a, it's a hell of an experience. I don't, I don't know if I'll ever have another dog like that, but, and my voice cracks. Like I'm you're, still going to start you look like you're going to cry. That right what I was 20. You might want to. <laughs> I yeah. just miss her right now so much. Yeah, man. Yeah. Your bond with Riley is stupid. You know, and a lot of people just like, even guys that like own dogs that are amazing dogs, they just don't have that bond you have, you know? Well, and what our good friend Gavin has told me is you either get a hell of a working dog and no bond or, you know, less of a bond or you get all bond, less of a working dog. And I feel like she's the best of both worlds. Yeah. In that respect. Yeah. Yeah. She's my babe, you know? Yeah. And Connor's got a young pup. Yeah. Nelly. Henry Lickstein. Yeah. She she's a licks. liquor. Oh my yeah, she is. God, dude. She just got to, got to give you a taste, you know, just, just, a, taste, just a taste. Every time she walks up to my mom, she licks each knee. And then she moves on. <laughs> That's it. Just a taste, bud. She just needs a taste, yeah. That sounds so sexual. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's great. She's a year old. My sister sent me a picture of that she had from her last year playing a, with a milk carton. She was just so small. Just a year ago. Yeah. But yeah, she's great. I uh got her from just some no name breeder out in Indiana and um told them that uh I'd post her on my Instagram, and they're like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Come, we, Yeah, we'll, we'll meet with you at 11 o'clock at night, you know, the day before you leave for Minnesota, and they bent over backwards to make it happen. I was like, sweet. Yeah, man. Yeah, she's a beautiful dog. Yeah. Should be really fun to see how it goes this year with her. Yeah, yeah. Gavin's been helping me train her. That's been fun. We've been uh, trying to make it, you know, so that she doesn't uh, doesn't break and can see where the, you know, decoys are and maybe do a blind retrieve, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Are we'll you gonna see. are you gonna like hunter hunter this year or what? Um, I probably won't hunter with Riley. 
Yeah, well, Riley's first time with another dog, the dog was incredibly protective of the birds. It was a very badly trained dog. And, I mean, the dog could retrieve like a crazy man, but Riley was supposed to learn from that dog because I knew how good of a retriever that dog was. I'm like, oh, shit, can we bring Riley out too? She's young, but I want her to watch your dog. And so his dog is going out and picking up teal on opener, and then Riley was just chomping at the bit, and I'm like, fuck yeah, go and get a bird. So Riley goes and gets a bird, her first retrieve. Or no, her that was... That was her second hunt. She retrieved three geese on her first time hunting. Nice. Killed it. And her second time going out with this other dog, she brought back a bird, and that dog bit my dog in the face to take the bird away. And so now whenever she hunts with a different dog, she either gets really distracted or she becomes incredibly submissive because of that one time. Mm -hmm. So I don't like hunting her with other dogs. Yeah, and, I mean, Nellie, it's her first season, and I so I don't particularly want to hunt her with other dogs either. Right, no, I don't think you should, unless yeah. they're brothers or sisters or they grew up together type of a deal. You know? Yeah, well, all we of her brothers and that. sisters are like 85 pounds now, so right. they ain't going to be hunting anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> we have a little Facebook group, oh and God. all the dogs, you can see all the dogs on there, and oh my word. So fat. Massive. <laughs> Just gargantuan like these people like no holds barred they are feeding these things five times a day it's like bubbles from trailer park boys food mountain (laughs) food mountain for these dogs that's a nice fucking kitty that's a nice kitty they just leave food mountain for these dogs like you wouldn't even think that these things were related you know much less the same age and like oh my word they're huge and there's this uh there's this Speaking Dude. of huge dogs, there's a dog up at oh my, my cabin. God, that dog is so big. His name's Bo. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you put that on our Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. Like I, I thought he was just going to lay down and just squish Nelly. That's why I was filming. I was just waiting for it. Dude, that's a big dog, bro. That's a big yellow lab. Yeah. That's a five cup a day dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's food mountain dog, dude. I feed my dog... No, that's a that's a. Oh no. yeah, we got a new bag. Just open it up and leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> he can eat it when he wants they it. They just open the bag and dump it on the floor. And yep. Whatever. Yeah, it's like cat food, right? Yeah, I'll just eat it how they eat it, right? You know. <laughs> no labs will destroy everything. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you got a couch? Mm, I'll taste that. <laughs> oh, you got a shoe? Luckily, Sorry. Nelly just licks it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> just needs a taste, dude. Not a not a bite. Yep. Oh my god. Oh man. So um. One thing I wanted to talk about on the podcast here today was kind of our schedule for the season and what people can expect from our cinematic videos for the year so they can get pretty amped up for them because I'm so fucking amped for it. It's a terrible idea. Why? Because they're not locked down 100%? (laughs) Yeah, well, no, because we don't, because if we film it and another cow falls in the mud situation happens and we shoot nothing. We'll put it up. (laughs) Fuck it. We'll do it live. (laughs) Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> no, so we're for sure doing an opening goose video or an early goose video. That we're planning on, yep. Yep. And then... <laughs> Say that after every single one he says, <laughs> Oh, my God. Pure conjecture. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm Connor's gonna, like the lawyer. Like, he has to say this. <laughs> Joey's like, and hey, we're going to go do this. And Connor's like, um, actually... <laughs> so I'm going to miss Duck Opener this year for the first time in my entire life. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to miss allegedly. 
I'm going to be in Italy for a wedding. Josh, hearsay. Josh hearsay. Bodkin, yeah. you piece of shit. You would put your wedding a day after duck opener. I hate Amber. Didn't want to take the red eye, huh? No, it's a 13-hour flight. I don't think I'd make it in time for his wedding. So, plus I don't want to, like, rush into the airport right after I got done duck hunting to make an international flight. That yeah, that's like how you will look nightmare. no matter what, though. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's not like you, because you because you took the day off, you're going to look good going to the airport. You're just going to look how you look. I don't get why people try to look good in the airport. But you show up, forgot that you got a shotgun shell in your jacket, and then they hold oh. you for three hours. Yeah, that'll happen. Butthole. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Sir, we're going to put on the nitro gloves, and we're going to go inside <laughs> of you. Joey's airport <laughs> fashion is, let's say, homeless. Like, as much as you can look dirty, Joey will look that no matter what. Well, when we went to go, when we flew to Louisiana to go hunt with Wade, for whatever reason, I forgot to put on deodorant that oh, morning. Hey, and, come and take the, a picture with me. And yeah. the airport was 98 degrees. Just <laughs> hot. All of Louisiana was like, mm, we don't need AC. We grew yeah. up in the swamp. The swamps. <laughs> We swamp boys. God. So when Wade comes to pick us up, this is my second time meeting Wade. I'm like, don't come anywhere near me. He hugs me, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, and instantly oh, Wade no. was like, oh, no. And he backs dude. off and kind of wipes so, off his hands. Yeah, so and then, then he's like, uh, so I got go. this extra place. Um, you guys should stay outside. <laughs> you can sleep on the dock, Joe. Yeah, he put a tent out for Joey. <laughs> oh, this dude can't sleep in my place. So did you buy your ticket for Italy yet? Yes. Yes. Oh, was that an expensive flight? Yeah. Thirteen fifty. Ah, gross. Yep. I'm not pumped about it, but I'm very excited to see where the homeland is. How long are you there? Uh, the homeland. Space. The homeland. <laughs> yeah. Joey Vasilino. Joey Vasalo. Dude. Dude, Joe has screwed you uh, with that. Joe right. Hines, came, he couldn't pronounce my last name because he's illiterate, and so he called me Joey Vasilino. Joey Vasilino. And, he's, and then he it stuck, and... Now all these contest callers call me Joey Vasilino. Yeah, my coworkers have you in their phone as Joey Vasilino. Of course they do. Yeah. <laughs> They're also illiterate. Yeah, they so. spelled it wrong, both of them. <laughs> but <laughs> Phil just spelled it straight up like Vaseline. <laughs> like <it was> just <laughs> with an O at the end. Dash O. <laughs> Fuck. So when you, how long are you in Italy for? Uh probably like five, six days. So you haven't bought the probably, ticket? Back? Yeah, I was I gonna say probably like five, six days. I bought the ticket. I just Oh, Steph, you don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't. You'll have to let me know how thirteen hours on a plane is. Yeah. Did you get? Did you? Um, I struggle on two-hour flights. Did you get some business class, or you uh, going with the no, cattle in dude. the back? He got Spirit. He's flying Spirit <laughs> to Italy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Mm. <laughs> I'm going uh, fucking economy. The cattle crazy. Economy, dude. You spend so much time on dairy farms. It just felt fitting, yeah. dude. He's flying Spirit, and he can bring a backpack. <laughs> Everything else after that, they don't have room for. Oh, God. Could you imagine? Are you really flying? Like, wow or something? No, dude. I'm flying Delta. Okay. Okay. He's got five connecting flights. Are you kidding me, dude? I mean, there's still... There's no way I would ever do that. That's still the cattle crate. You you, you just sleep and eat. That's just all you do. Joey bought the cheapest flight you could find. You fly to Chicago, then you fly to Atlanta, then you go to Texas, (laughs) and then from Texas, you're going to fly to London, and then London to Italy. Bro, I saved $500 by connecting in Miami. So it's Minneapolis to Miami to Italy. Italy. Yeah, that's pretty good though. Yeah, five hundred dollars is so one worth connection. It. That yeah, that's really good. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say to Italy. I mean, that's not even like yeah, going to Rome, getting a rental car. I, who cares? But 
Anyway, so I'm going to miss Duck Opener. These guys are going to try to film Duck Opener. We were just talking about it earlier. We don't know because everyone made separate plans. So we'll see. It's all up to Gavin Colas. No, it isn't. That crotchety farm kid. <laughs> it's not leave, up to Gavin. We're going to leave it up no, to my We'll, we'll make something. Boy. If all else yeah, fails, we'll, we'll, we'll make something. We'll make it work. Right. And then we'll make it work. And then uh, we're just going to hunt around home a bunch. Yeah, we'll do it live then. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Yeah, then we'll do it live. Oh, we're in the metro. Fuck it, we'll do it live. There we go. Yep. So we'll you, you're looking at me like I'm saying the f word too much. No, not at all, dude. <laughs> You've toned it down a lot actually for this uh, podcast. Okay. okay. So then, November. I'm gone all November, which yeah. is the worst White every year. Yep. I gotta go film White Tail. Yep. I gotta gotta go film the peeps. I'm gonna go the do peeps. that. Duh, peeps. I yep. hate you for that. When do we have our best hunting in Minnesota? November for ducks. Mm-hmm. Best hunting gone is December for geese. Gone. We're we're gonna go up and film with feet down in December. Yep. Because we helped them build that pit. What was that noise? That's my dog, or maybe your dog. I don't know. They're I've right outside never the window. Heard her do that. <laughs> and then hopefully we'll be in Louisiana in January. Yep. Connor say allegedly. Allegedly. Okay, good. That's hearsay. Oh, fuck that, dude. Let's just do it. Yeah, we'll do it live. No matter what, we'll do it live, but mm-hmm. Wade allegedly. Would, Wade would literally cry. I know we'll be in Las Vegas in, uh, in January. Yeah, we'll be at Chacho. Chacho! I think Joey's going to go this year. Oh, yeah, baby. No, baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna go to Vegas with you guys. You need to check on your dog, dude? Uh, nah. It's cool. Joey's. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. My dog does not sound like a squealing pig. <laughs> so, well, she has been sick though. Yeah, yellow poop. That's my dog. <laughs> that <laughs> I don't think anybody can hear it. Triumphant bark. Triumphant. Dude, she Very sounds triumphant. she sounds so male whenever she barks. Yeah. No one knows that she's a female even with a pink collar. It's like, come on. Yeah, in the beginning you had like a blaze orange collar though and they were like, "What's his name?" Mm. People just assume that dogs. You say Riley in this gender store. neutral, man. Yeah. This is 2019. Have you dude. asked her? Yeah, dude. Have you asked her what gender she is? Yeah, oh do you? God. Gosh. Well, she squats to pee, so. so yeah. <laughs> so when you uh, when you get uh, strip searched at the uh, at the airport, it, can you like, like you know, because they have the same gender person search you or whatever, can you like say that you're a different gender? Is that a thing? I don't know how this works because I'm not I that wrapped know. up in this lifestyle. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I'm not wrapped up in Joey's lifestyle, so let's I don't just know. pray. Let's just pray I don't get strip searched. How about that? What gender would you say you were? A man. Yeah. Because yeah. I am a man. Yeah. A I've little been... man, but oh God. <laughs> I am just a little baby boy. What is that sound, though? Oh, that's my uh, dehumidifier. Oh my God! Welcome to Crystal, Minnesota. Wetbasement.com. Hey, this is a fantastic basement. Yeah. It is now. A little dungeony before. Yeah, I'm down to cut the podcast right yeah, now. Yeah. I'm tired, man. Yeah. I'm super tired. I feel like I'm not myself. But oh, before we end it, and like I said, we wouldn't do this, but here I am doing this. <laughs> I'm gonna be in North Dakota next week hunting with all the Pacific Call peoples and then the dive bomb peoples. And it's going to be a rip rowdy time because they've already been pulling wheat. I've been getting Snapchats out there of all the geese out there. Holy shit, am I pumped. Will we do well? Meh. You never know. 
they're barely flying. So you're gonna film allegedly. it? Yeah, I am gonna vlog it. Vlog it? I'm gonna vlog it, motherfucker. <laughs> Sweet. I have, I have a beautiful voice. Thank you. So. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you checking in with us. Make sure to check us out on YouTube. We got stuff for sale on our website: hats, shirts, beanies. So check that out as well. We'll be back very soon, hopefully with some cool guests at some point here. But make sure to let us know uh, on our other channels if you guys want us to talk about certain things or if you have any questions. And otherwise, we'll catch you later.